This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today we have a return guest on the program, the wonderful and very beautiful. You should see her in the studio today. She looks absolutely gorgeous in her red beret and so pretty. In fact, today we're welcoming back three fabulous guests who we've always loved having on this show. The first one is dancer-choreographer Serena Candelo, who... I'll never forget, danced in her chair in her first interview with us. She's here today to tell us all about her exciting new Canadian show. And also today on the program, we can all take a breath with mindfulness expert Linda Janice, who is even going to be leading us all in a beautiful meditation. And finally, closing out the show today is one of our favorite singers on the program. The super talented Jules is here. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about our first guest, Serena Candelo. We always love having on our favorite dancer and choreographer on the program, and she's here to talk about her new Canadian-made interactive YouTube channel, Mosey and Moo, which is a combination of live action dance programming featuring two lovable puppets, Mosey and Moo, and of course, their dance teacher, friend, and that's Belle, played beautifully by Serena Candelo. And in this program, kids can joyfully dance to learn as the show integrates numeracy and literacy and teaches dance skills to the young child. So all of you parents and grandparents who are listening, this is a great way for you to dance with your children and grandchildren and just get up and start moving. I listened to one of the episodes and I got up and started moving. It's very contagious in a good way. Serena Candelo has integrated her love for life as a stage and film director, a choreographer, a dancer, an educator, a motivational speaker, television host, and founder of Learning by Heart Performing Arts Studio based out of Toronto, Canada. For over 30 years, Serena has traveled the planet studying how humanity and divinity are experienced through the performing arts by combining dance and theatrical elements, mime and expressive art modalities from around the world. Serena has invented this really awesome teaching methodology that inspires and get this, galvanizes not only children, but adults and international artists everywhere and anywhere that she visits all over the globe. She's a TV personality. You've seen her on global TV's pop stars and on Big Voice. She's been a movement coach for Battle of the Blades. And Serena has also created and starred in two TV series, Way Off Broadway and The Barefoot Dancer. She's choreographed for numerous Canadian musical theater artists such as Mark Jordan and Amy Skye, who we've had the pleasure of having on the show, Olivia Newton-John and Jane Sibbery, and many more. Her award-winning documentary, Thank You Tanzania, has been screened all throughout North America and won countless film festival awards. And to date, get this, Serena has created produced and directed over 100 musical theater productions for adults and children. I'll never forget her Wizard of Oz on television. It was so awesome. 
Her dance classes designed for her neighbors and community seniors have been running for 20 plus years. And in 2021, Serena, along with Sarah Ferris, launched a new platform which focuses on the importance of movement for people over 50 called Sassafit. And all of her dance classes are just a fun adventure and they train your body and mind simultaneously. And I'm so excited for her to be here today to talk about this fabulous new YouTube channel. She didn't just create a TV program, she created a whole channel. Serena, congratulations on your latest venture and welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much, Judy. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's always a blessing. I really appreciate you taking the time. Sorry about my voice. I have a little bit of laryngitis, but other than that, I am so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you here. And you look absolutely gorgeous. As I said, we'll have photos. You'll have to check on our Instagram at The Bliss Minute. Serena looks so beautiful today. And I love, Serena, that you have created this new Canadian-made interactive YouTube channel where kids of all ages can joyfully dance to learn with Mosey and Moo and you, your new online web series. And I watched some of the episodes and they're just wonderful. They could be four minutes or 16 minutes or eight minutes. So they're they're nice and short and sweet, great for a child's attention span. Can you describe what Mosey and Moo is all about? Amazing. Yes. First of all, my love for creative dance and the child is really my heart work. It's where everything that I've done in my career started. It is to encourage and inspire we ones to embody and embrace the joy of dancing. So mm-hmm. for me to have this opportunity to build a series A beta series on YouTube was honestly a dream come true. And along with my co-producer, Jody Scotchmer, we had a vision and we created this together. And it started actually as a Zoom class when the Mm -hmm. pandemic started Mm -hmm. and we reached all of Canada. It went across the country like a wildfire. And we had people tuning in on my little Zoom creative dance class from British Columbia and Alberta and all the way to Newfoundland. So we said, why don't we give this a go? And we created this experience, a journey for the young child and families as well. And you're absolutely right. Mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, we really are into an intergenerational approach program that also would be so suited for not only the home, but for daycares and for schools as well. And essentially, we have dance adventures where we actually dance a story. We dance out a story and there's a problem and Mosey and Moo, my little sort of sidekick characters (laughs) help me solve that problem. We also have dance parties and a dance party is about four minutes long and they're thematically based. Like we do an outer space dance party and we also have a surfing dance party and under the sea dance party. And we do a lot of nursery rhymes as well and dancing with nursery rhymes. I'm really into beat acquisition and nursery rhymes are the perfect platform Mm -hmm. to teach beat to the child. Wow. And we do dance games. And a dance game is like a live video game, but you just have to watch it and participate. And so with this programming, 
We want to build, of course, a child's sense of agility and coordination and confidence, but we also want to ignite their imaginations because by igniting their imaginations, what really happens is this deep understanding of self. And the reason why I do all this truly is to empower that little little child so that they are confident as they move in their lives so they can make amazing choices and they have a way to express themselves as well. So that's the program. It's just so incredible. And I have to ask you, like all creative things, where did you dream up these characters, Mosey and Moo and yourself as a dance teacher? Like, how did this all come into your imagination and then go from the imagination to the paper and then to actually creating your own YouTube channel? Okay, it was by accident. I'm telling you, it was serendipity. So... I was in India running programs in New Delhi for street children with a group of my friends. Mm -hmm. And I had to come home in 2020 because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And my next trip was going to be in Iswatini, which is formerly known as Swaziland. And I had all my art supplies and my costumes. And I had puppets, these big puppets that I was going to take to the country. Well, all my trips, all my charitable trips were canceled. And the night before I started my Zoom meeting, (laughs) I opened up this box and I'm like, oh, maybe we can use this puppet. And I called my incredible son, Quentin Vitko. And I said, Quentin, come over tonight and let's just play. You can be this little character. (laughs) And the children liked (laughs) Mosey more than me. I mean, I kept them on the, you know, straight and narrow with the dance journey, but they really felt like they had a friend with Mosey. And it was Jody's idea, actually, to bring in Moo. And the person who puppets Moo is Kirsten Sixth. And I have given her lead roles in my musicals because her voice is extraordinary. And she also puppets for her charity. I think it's with the Epilepsy Foundation. And she has an incredible platform of work, too. So we all just came together (laughs) and we started collaborating and creating and Mosey and Moo were born. And we, oh. we liked the idea that Moo couldn't meow, but only <laughs> moves. When she tries to meow, she moves. So we liked that. We also liked the um the M sounds because little children can say M sounds like mama. And so we liked Mosey and Moo for that reason. That's so great. And this is really geared to two to seven year olds. But as I said, it can be for anyone. And I would think during the pandemic, especially when you can't go anywhere and children haven't had socialization, you're giving them a platform to have some fun, to have some time during the day where they can look forward to this. Is this something that you encourage people to go on every day or is this once a week or how do people watch this? And can you explain because... Sometimes, um, just for our listeners to understand this, it's not a TV program, but it's like a TV program. It's on a YouTube channel. How do people click on? They go onto YouTube, so just go online. And what would they actually type in when they get there? They would actually type in Mosey and Moo. 
M-O-S-I-A-N-D-M-O-O. And then you would see all of our programming. And what's so incredible is we've categorized them in lines. So we have our dance parties, as I've described, and games and adventures and nursery rhymes. And I think you could mix and match these little kernels or moments of dancing joy. You can integrate them into, let's say, a theme that a kindergarten teacher may be doing at that time. You can dance on a rainy day. You can dance at a family event, especially if you have little ones. You could try one of our dance games. And the thing about YouTube, it's free. And so what we have found is that our channel right now at this given moment is being watched in Brazil and India. And it's also being watched all throughout Europe. And of course, in Canada and America, too. So we Amazing. love that it has this global reach. And what's really extraordinary is most recently, we've been doing live classes way up in Nunavut for the children up there with an organization called Connected North. And that in itself has been such a gift to see these children way up at the Arctic Circle <laughs> dancing in real time with us. Wow. What an absolute privilege and blessing. You you are you are a blessing to everyone, Serena. I always say that about you. Whatever you do, you imbue it with such passion. You're just such a perfect person for this program, Finding Your Bliss, because you find it over and over again. You reimagine and reinvent yourself over and over again. You're not going to let a pandemic or anything stand in your way. You keep going. I've read that you have over 360,000 views from all over the world, which is phenomenal. To what do you attribute to the fact that it caught on so rapidly and has become such a success? I think the language is very simple. We've also translated it into many languages. So I really believe that young children who want to learn English are following it. I think it's old school TV programming for children. It's live action. I think my maternal instincts is feels very safe. And Mosey and Moo are hilarious. <laughs> and there really isn't a lot of dance programs for preschool that follows story where we're actually dancing a story. I think we might be the only one out there. And maybe for those reasons and many more, that's why it's it's sort of taken a life of its own. It's taken on a life of its own. It's so true. And I was saying that you were always reinventing yourself and you're such a creative force. Do you have any advice for other women in midlife with regards to just going for their vision or their idea or concept? What are the ins and outs of creating something new like this, whatever your dream might be? Judy, you know, it's so interesting you ask me this because every time I try something new, all the clouds of, <laughs> um, I would say, personal disbelief. Like, why would they want to see you? Um, what? Are, who do you think you are at your age creating something new? But what I've done, and, and there's many of them. You're not talented enough. You're not skilled oh. enough. <laughs> there's too much competition out there. But I try to see these thoughts as passing clouds. They're going to come up. Mm -hmm. They're going to come up. Mm -hmm. But 
I try my very best not to attach to them and not to sort of identify myself with those passing thoughts because those thoughts, in fact, are an illusion. They've been either sold to me through societal norms or through my own, um, let's say, traumas. The truth is my purity of heart and my imagination and my willingness and courage to create is really at the heart of who I am. So if I let those thoughts take control, I would never take one foot forward. So that's one. The second thing is one step at a time (laughs) and don't give up. Most people want to give up because they're not seeing any results. And It's like the farmer with seeds in the ground. You plant the seeds and for many months, you're not going to see anything. And then all of a sudden you see a little sprout and some people will walk away at that moment. They'll go all this work for just that, but they don't realize that under the earth, under the arable earth is a massive garden. And so it takes trust and almost maturity to see a project through to the very end. You know, it's so interesting you say that because we just interviewed Cheryl Hickey and she said, you wouldn't believe how many no's I've had to hear. And yes, and she's Cheryl Hickey, the you know 17-year host of Entertainment Tonight Canada. She's a star in this country. I've heard this from Jack Canfield about all the no's and the rejections. And, and what about, you know, Harry Potter, the author who wallpapered one entire room with the rejection letters. So what do you do when you get a rejection? Because you just seem like you don't let anything get you down. And I'm sure you've had rejection. Someone said, no, you can't do it this way or no, that's not going to work. What keeps you going? Well, I first address those thoughts and I identify them. I identify them as my monkey mind, actually. That is just your monkey mind. And then I will actually say to myself, let it go. So that's the first thing. I also, Judy, surround myself with like-minded people. Yes. People that want, they have my back and they want to jump on board with me. Yes. If I let everybody onto the boat, there are going to be a few people who might feel, wait a minute, what are you doing? And where are you, where are you going? Right, and right. why are you doing it this way? Right, right. And I love those people because they're <laughs> part of my community too. But for anything new, I see it very sacred. Mm-hmm. I see it very precious. I see it almost like, you know, a butterfly that's just come out of the cocoon and the wings are very fragile. Yes. So I do my best to surround myself with individuals who I've collaborated with or who have my back. And that really catapults me yes. forward. And, you know, when we collaborate together, it's a much richer experience. And we then have shared memories. And, you know, those shared memories create friendship, deep friendship. So Mm -hmm. I I try my best to bring as many people on board who believe in the vision. And that really helps too. 
That's so important. And you want yes energy. You want positivity around you, right? Because all that good positive energy with the passion and with the dream can only catapult you to where you're meant to be, to where your purpose is. And I think you're doing such beautiful work in the world, Serena. I've asked you this question before, so I'm going to ask it again. What is bliss for Serena Candelo these days? Oh, well, for me, of course, bliss is to see the unabashed abandon of a young child dancing with confidence and joy and empowerment. That's a given. But it's also this notion of collective wisdom because Mosey and Moo took a family to build. My ex-husband, my children, my nephew, we all built the sets. My friends contributed and volunteered. And we all come into this world with different experiences and a different skill set. But when we when we pool together, we get this rich tapestry of expertise and a brighter and more colorful end product really at the end. So for me, my bliss, apart from little children dancing all over the world, (laughs) is this notion of collective wisdom and the gratitude I have for all my community and friends for helping me make Mosey and Moo, along with Jody, come true. So fantastic. Just very briefly, because I know we're at the end of our time, but what would you like to see happen in an ideal world with Mosey and Moo? What would be your dream? My dream is that one day it would be a show, like a show on Netflix or on TV. I would love a little series. That would make us cheer so loud if we could go back to the drawing board and with all these kernels of ideas and themes and parties and games and nursery rhymes actually make a series with it. I love that question and I'll keep my fingers crossed. Let's manifest that. It's a great one. Let's manifest that. It's fantastic. What is the best way, Serena, for people to contact you, connect with you, and of course, to watch this wonderful new, I'm going to call it series. Let's start manifesting it now. Available on YouTube for free. So wonderful. Mosey and Moo. What's the best way for people to connect with you? All you have to do is go to moseyandmoo.com and Everything is there. All of our videos. We, you can contact me, Moo, Mosey, <laughs> moseyandmoo.com, M-O-S-I-A-N-D-M-O-O.com. That's fantastic. Serena, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. When it becomes a series, will you come back on and tell us all about it? Oh my gosh, Judy, I'm going to cheer. You're the one who started this because nobody's ever asked me this question. I will celebrate this moment. Yes, indeed. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. Great Thank having you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss and we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com 
to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by renowned mindfulness expert, Linda Janis, who is back on again to talk to us about mindfulness and meditation. But first, I want to tell you all a little bit more about Linda Janis. Linda Janis is an integrative and performance coach. She's a keynote speaker a workshop facilitator, and I've been in one of her workshops and she was wonderful. She's a meditation practitioner, a researcher, and an award-winning journalist. That's how we first met many years ago. Mm -hmm. She is also the founder of Mindful Alliance. And Linda, in addition to numerous degrees, has a PhD in philosophy. So she's actually Dr. Janice. And she also continued her studies through the Milton Erickson Foundation, receiving a master's of psychotherapy, as well as Buddhism and leadership through Harvard. Wow. As well, Linda Janice completed the MBSR Mindfulness Stress Reduction Training through the Behavioral and Collaborative Medicine Program at South Miami Hospital. Notice how I'm talking more slowly because it's so mindful and relaxed when Linda's here. She developed and has presented the Mind Med Move, so that's MMM program, which is a really dynamic six-week training course that you'll hear all about on this show. Linda works with both individuals privately and corporations, including numerous Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, and national law firms. In addition, the MMM program has been taught at Memorial Regional Hospital, Southeastern University, LL1, and Gilda's Club, where she received a programming grant. Linda's gratitude in the workplace, her working wisdom program, and her competitive edge column all highlight the benefits of mindfulness in the workplace. Linda Janice is also known for really empowering individuals and companies to develop the skills, strategies, and practical applications to achieve resilience, productivity, motivation, and well-being. Linda, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. What a privilege to be here. And Judy, I think you know, but I just want to share again how much I admire your work, reminding people the importance of being in alignment and being intentional about finding what is good for them, finding their bliss. So thank you for all that you do and providing such an extraordinary platform for people to have meaningful and important conversations. Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much. You're a big part of this. And I know you're coming to us right now from sunny California. So thank you for giving up part of your, I know it's partly work that you're there for, but I'm sure it's also some pleasure. So the last time I saw you was with meditation expert, Josh Cohn. We were back in the Zoomer studios. And now here we are on Finding Your Bliss again, albeit in this virtual format. Mm -hmm. And it's so great to see your face. And we should do this more often. I wanted to start by talking about the world and COVID. And there's just 
been a bit of a surge of coronavirus of late here in Canada and Toronto, not to mention the state of the world right now, which is a whole other story. What is your take on all of this and how can mindfulness help? Well, you know, I think that we've all been living with tremendous amount of stress and fear for the last number of years. And in psychology, we have something called the negativity bias, which means essentially we, in a very kind of primal or primitive way, are scanning for threat all the time. And this was a threat that was living amongst us. It didn't have a face or a name. So I think for many individuals, it has caused tremendous suffering, along with the idea of being alone and isolated. You know, we as human beings thrive through connection. And, you know, for so many, it was a time of great suffering and distress. And unfortunately, it continues to be. It's not as if we're clear on an end. I think we believe we're potentially optimistic about coming out of this. But again, there's been so much loss, so much pain and so much suffering that we've shared as a community. So Mm -hmm. we'll have had a generational impact, I think, for a lot of people. How can mindfulness help? Because I know when things get really stressful, even just taking in three beautiful inhales and exhales, as we did before this show, can have a wonderful impact and can really sort of simmer everything down. How can mindfulness help people? Well, I think mindfulness, whether we are living amongst terrible, chronic kind of stress, and even in our greatest moments, it's about showing up to this moment, to this next new moment with presence, having an awareness of what we're thinking and what we're feeling without judgment. So whether one has been feeling frustration or resentment or fear, it's an acknowledgement of it. It's a kind-hearted acknowledgement towards whatever we're feeling. So I think that what it does is, is reduces guilt and shame for, you know, our own experience that we don't have to necessarily feel a particular way. So I think mindfulness is an extraordinary skill and tool that we can all learn. This isn't for a select few, this way of showing up. But one thing I will say that mindfulness alone, I don't believe is enough now. I think it is mindfulness with intention that to be present without that added element of grace, gratitude, and self-compassion, I think we understand the necessity and the importance of bringing in more to our presence now, even a <clears throat> generosity of spirit. So mindfulness, this practice mm-hmm. of this moment-to-moment awareness now, if we can add in that added element of mm-hmm. goodness to our experience, I think it can help support us even through times of great uncertainty, certainly that we continue to live in. How do we become a warrior and not a worrier with regards to real anxiety and worry about the well-being of people we love? I don't think we're going to deny the reality of fear arising for us. You know, again, with our negativity bias, we tend to scan for threat and uncomfortable emotions have far more 
texture. They're far stickier for us <laughs> rather than the ones that are easy and pleasant and joyful. They tend to kind of slide off us more quickly and more easily. But those sticky ones, those ones where we're fearful, particularly with somebody that we hold in our heart center. I think that this element of this threat is going to arise. But you know, it's interesting. I often say to my clients that loving and worrying don't need to hold space together. Hmm. You know, the amount that we love somebody isn't hmm. necessarily the amount that we should worry about them. We can love them with a purity. And then there is this element of showing up and trusting that things unfold. It is a practice of things unfolding in the right time. When you worry, because you know all of this, mm -hmm. you're a doctor of all of this, so you understand when you worry, what do you do to keep it at bay? I really try to, with consistency, manage it arising in me. I really, you know, I begin my day with a practice and I think morning practice or any time during the day, but I do think morning has this unique power that it comes to it. I think when we start an intention during the day, cradling ourselves with compassion, having some acceptance that we will worry, that it will arise, I think we learn to recover from it more quickly. We don't need to feed that kind of energy. And when we come back to this new now moment, with intention and compassion, it tends to flow through us more quickly. We don't have to kind of feed the seeds of worry in the same way. And I think that that, to me, you know, I have people that I love deeply and I care about, but the power of worry doesn't have power. We can be groundless and we can love. You know, we can live without control and we can still show up with an open heart. Mm -hmm. Is part of it surrendering to that and saying we have no control? And is meditation, like I always think with meditation when I do it, that you stop worrying about what's just happened and you stop worrying about what's about to happen because you're really living in the moment. Is that ultimately what we all should be striving for? You know, what we do know is that when we are fully present, there's nothing really else that exists. And the research tells us of our about 65,000 thoughts a day, and I think that helps people, um, is that we tend to mind wander about 47% of the time. So half of the time we're everywhere else other than here. Mm -hmm. So when you are with somebody that you care deeply about and you're mind wandering, you are taking away from that time. Mind wandering means part of that time we're thinking about the past. It's there to keep us safe, to remember things that were difficult or painful. And very often, future thought is about what if. What if is that, uh-oh, red flag territory. What if this happens? The other thing that you often talk about when you do your meditation is the power of breath. Mm -hmm. Breath is that tool we always yes. have available to us yeah. that by this gentle inhaling all the way in with that pause and exhaling all the way out actually allows us to manage our parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. 
And what that does is help us come to calm. And in an embodied way, when we are experienced physical embodied calm, it keeps our brain that we're coming back to safety and security. So when worry arises, it's not just a thought. It's physical. It's an embodied emotion. So when you notice it arising, gently cradle yourself, do those inhales, and come back to acceptance with curiosity. Right. That's so true. That's so true. I know before the show in the virtual green room, Linda, thank you for that. That was so beautiful. So I think that's going to help a lot of people. Before the show, you mentioned how it's so important to have more joy and not just pain. But how do we do that in light of Ukraine and COVID and just the general state of the world right now? Well, we want to be mindful and careful of news exposure. I think that many people experience a kind of empathy fatigue, which means we start watching and becoming so embroiled in the news media. And sometimes we often think that by watching that we're somehow doing something. So I think being really intentional about creating some appropriate boundaries to the amount of visual news exposure, I encourage individuals to read it rather than watch it or even listen to it and limit the amount of time. You know, our going down the rabbit hole is not helpful for anyone. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to have enough of self-care during these times. And I think sometimes doing something can help. You know, if there is a charity that you feel would in some way make a difference, then consider doing something, giving or giving of your time. Something I think can help transform that suffering that I think so many are feeling right now. Absolutely. Absolutely true. On a whole other note, you're doing a really cool project called the Working Wisdom Project. Can you tell us briefly more about that? I am. So, you know, one of the areas of research that I've done, and I've had the privilege of interviewing and researching hundreds of individuals, everything from law firms to hospitality. One of the things that I see as a researcher is there is also in the workplace so much conflict. The light of speed, the expectations, I think that there's far more stress in the workplace now. So Hmm. often we talk about these practices for our personal lives, in our relationships or individually. However, I do believe that when we bring practices to the workplace, not only does it help the individual, find more purpose and engagement. They become more productive. Teams work more cohesively. So what I've done is put together these three-minute videos on tools and techniques that individuals can use in the workplace. So whether it's dealing with reactivity, how do we deal with triggers in the workplace, So they're tiny little practices and these very small videos. They're bite-sized and very doable. And the research is pretty compelling. We become better at whatever we practice, whatever we practice. If we practice worry, we get better at it. When we practice calm, 
and <laughs> presence get right. better at. What is one of your tips about reactivity? Because we all do that. We all know that. I stand as one of those people too. How do we limit the reactivity? Well, there's something really extraordinary that happens to us when we do practice mindfulness and meditation. One of the things that begins to happen is we become aware of emotions arising. And the more awareness that we have, the better we are at being able to respond to it. And reactivity often happens with a trigger. We become more aware of our own triggers. And then over time, with presence and practice, we can learn to befriend what is arising rather than reacting to it. And we can respond to our experiences with more presence and more intention. So if in the workplace, somebody is questioned or there is a workplace relationship that is tense, we can all in both personal and our professional venues learn to be calmer. It allows us to use our intelligence and our capabilities in a far more skillful way rather than being vulnerable to being reactive. So smart. You are also offering a wonderful six-week program. I mentioned it off the top called MMM Mind Med Move and it's Mm -hmm. your brainchild. Can you tell us a little bit more about this work? Before you answer that, Linda, we're going to go on a short commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and we're joined by mindfulness expert, Linda Janis. And I was just asking you, Linda, before the break about your Mind Med Move mindfulness program. You know, you asked me earlier on, how do we learn to not be attached to outcomes? How do we learn to accept a lack of control? The six-week program is based on the inquiry system. Each week, it's broken up into the components of who we are, our own sense of identity and ego, and developing skills to clarify that, dealing with what is, not what was or what if, where, presence, all of our senses to come back to presence, sight, taste, touch. When is this idea of learning to develop patience, trusting and practicing that things unfold in their right time. And lastly, why? And you talked about lack of control. Well, it's developing the skills of curiosity and approaching life with open-hearted interest. When you begin 
your moment-to-moment experience, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. So it cool. really is a perspective shift, isn't it? It will be interesting. You're so cool, Linda. Our first guest on the show today was dancer and choreographer Serena Condello. Mm-hmm. And she believes that dance and mindfulness have much in common. How do you think mindfulness and dance intersect and work together? Well, I think as we begin to befriend our embodied experience, movement is so so very important for us. Movement and good movement. And I encourage part of the thing that I do in my program is actually show people that our movements influence our emotions. So dance in and of itself is really a celebration. And we can learn to train and befriend our emotions and our bodies and understand the extraordinary relationship between the two. I love that. What is bliss these days for Linda Janice? What is bliss these days? Oh my gosh, I am so blissfully grateful for the people in my life that I love. I have a little beloved granddaughter that is totally (laughs) a blessing and a bliss in my life. All of these kindred, beloved people and the work that I do, I'm incredibly gratefully passionate about it and being able to share these skills with people so that they can suffer less and live more. That's so incredible. Linda, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media and also maybe have you come and speak to them individually or to their company and do your beautiful work with them? Anybody can reach me at Linda at mindfulalliance.org. That's so wonderful. First of all, Thank you so much for being here. This has been so wonderful to be continued over a glass of wine in person when you come uh, to Canada, when I come to the States, for sure. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Absolutely. It's just always so delightful to have you on the show, even virtually. It doesn't have to be. With you, my (laughs) beloved, dear friend. And you as well. And you as well. Thank you so much. And now it is a great honor to ask Linda to lead us in a very short due to time. I wish it could be very long. For that, you'll have to connect with her in person. But a short meditation from the wonderful mindfulness practitioner, Linda Janice. Linda, take it away. Wherever you are, and if you are able to gently place your hands on your heart center and soften into this moment, noticing the breath coming in, all the way in, all the way into your belly, and exhaling all the way out. And let's just begin by thinking of five things that you are profoundly grateful for. As the breath comes in and the breath goes out, remembering who you are, that you are awareness, consciousness and compassion, seeing life as it is, being fully present to our next new moment, 
knowing that life unfolds in its right time and approaching this extraordinary experience with curiosity. It will be interesting. It will be interesting. And as we finish off, say to yourself, placing your name in it, in the sentence, I love. Remembering it is this tender-hearted love, this light that we bring to ourselves that we may bring into the world. That was so beautiful, Linda. Thank you. Thank you, Judy, and for all the goodness, spreading light and love and all that you do. Enjoy California and your sunniness and your light has touched us all today. Thank you so much for being here, Linda. Thank you. Our next guest really needs no introduction. We're so happy to have back on again, Jules. Is this number five? It could be. I don't know. <laughs> I think I so. We've lost at this point. <laughs> I think we've lost count, but we're so happy to have on again. Really, one of our favorite featured artists on the program by far, and of course, that is just the uber talented, and really with an emphasis on the uber singer songwriter Jules back on the program. Jules is only 14 years old. And I think the first time I came to know her, she was about eight or nine years old, singing Stevie Wonder's famous tune, Ribbons in the Sky, and she blew us all away. And she does that every time she's here. We're so happy to have her back again. How have you been, Jules? I've been good, thank you. How are you? Really great. So happy to see you and in a good mood just from seeing you. Today, Jules, you're going to be singing the song In My Life by the Beatles. Can you set this up for us and tell us what you love about this song? I just think it's a beautiful song. I really like the little guitar riff or piano riff. I think it's guitar, but I think it's really cute. And my brother is just a humongous fan of the Beatles. He doesn't stop talking about them. So I'm guessing he's going to be happy about this. He'll be disappointed. It's not <laughs> Hey Jude, but he'll be happy about this song. It's you have choice. to come back. You have to come back and sing Hey Jude one time because my name's oh. Jude. <laughs> and so that'll be really, really fun. Yeah. But for now, we are so happy with your choice. And without further ado, here is Jules and her cover of In My Life. There are places I remember all my life. Some have changed, some Oh, I know I'll never lose affection 
for people and things that weren't before. I know I'll have to stop to think about them in my life. I love you more. Though I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that weren't before. I know I'll often stop and think about them in my life. I love you. In my life, I love you more. Wow. I wish we had a thousand or thousands of people here to give you a standing ovation. That was so incredible, Jules. You are so phenomenal. Honestly, I I can't get over the trajectory of your career. What's new and exciting? Anything cool coming up? I know it's still, we're still in a pandemic, so it's tough, but anything cool to share with us? One thing that is exciting is that one of my songs, the guy producer Don Levine and writer Autumn Rowe, who Autumn Rowe, Autumn recently won a Grammy which I'm so proud of her. She won uh, the Grammy because she worked with John Batiste. So for his album of the year, she won that. She looked stunning on the red carpet as well. I was so proud. (laughs) I was really excited for her. But you're going to be on that red carpet. You're going to be on that red carpet. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be good, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. My producer is, he finished producing one of the songs, which is Sing. And I know that he's halfway done producing another one called Old Soul. And I'm really excited about those. We just have to mix, sing, and then it should be ready. And then hopefully we can release it at one point, which would be very, very exciting. I really, really want to. You know, what's my next question going to be? You should know this question by now. When it happens, will you come back again on and tell us all about it and sing it for us? Yeah, (laughs) Can't wait for that. (laughs) Jules, it's always so great having you here. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me for the... Fifth or fourth time. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I think five. I think it's five today. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at FYB at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. You can reach out and connect with me at findingyourbliss.com dot com slash coaching. I should know that. And I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrecht. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of our guests for being on the show today. Serena Candelo, Linda Janis, and Jules Halpern. It's been great having you all here. And a special thank you to Meg Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie. Shelly Koskinen, Associate Producer and Audio Engineer Naira Amani, Senior Editor Lauren Kaminsky, Video Editor Beatrice Pardal, Audio Producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to the Create Fertility Center. I want to close out the show today with a short quote. Life is a dance and mindfulness is witnessing that dance. And I would just love to read to you from a short excerpt by the Community of Dancing Mindfulness Facilitators. 
Dance reveals in me an ecstatic and passionate connection to spirit. It is the greatest love affair of my life. As I surrender to the dance of breath and movement, the whirling, twirling, collapsing and reaching, this is the place where I meet the divine and ultimately myself. Coming to believe we are one and the same. For everyone here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.